Well, as we're knocking on the door of a blustery, snowy weekend, it is the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, kind of alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. How are you, sir? Hello, Adam. Uh, this is only the second time in the history of the Speaking For Him podcast where we are actually podcasting from different locations. I am actually snug at home in my home office, a.k.a. my room, <laughs> and Adam is there in the studio, and so thank you, Adam, for working this out. I hope that it doesn't uh, downplay the quality too much. But right now, uh, we are going to review um, a movie because we're coming up upon the Christmas season, and that is another reason why we are displaced because the weather is getting in the way, but neither rain nor sleet nor hail or something like that no, we are not the U.S. Postal Service, but <laughs> it is also a secondary motto, though you may not have known that, of the Speaking for Him podcast. So, Adam, why don't you start us out with our quote of the day? And this is actually a line from a movie, The Christmas Bunny, that we're reviewing tonight. Everything has a purpose that goes for people, too. All right. Well, um, as I was trying to think of, of episodes to do um, coming up on this holiday season, I realized that Adam and I hadn't reviewed a movie in a while, and part of that is because the last couple of movies we've wanted to review, we haven't been able to set up a theatrical date with both of our jobs and just schedules. And so I started um, to go through Netflix and see what they had available, and I came upon this uh, movie, The Christmas Bunny, and it resonated with me for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I had the privilege to um, work with the young actress who is starring in this film, Sophie Boland. She was in um, the docudrama that I helped produce called Our Beautiful Secret. So this is kind of hearkening back to that. So um, very excited about that. And then also uh, Florence Henderson, uh, who played Carol Brady, is also in this film, and she recently passed away. So that has been front and center on my mind. So that is the short reason or the not-so-short reason, depending on how you feel about my explanation, why we are reviewing this movie today. And so we'll get right into it. But first, Adam, why don't you play for us the trailer? I keep thinking maybe this is where I belong. Scott, we want to do this. You want to do this. We need to do this. What'd you do to it? If you're gonna have a pet, you need to learn how to take care of it. Are you ready to do that? Everything has a purpose. Even things that seem too hurt to do anybody any good. That goes for people too. We need a passenger. No! Ah, Julia! No! Julia! It's gotta go, Patty. I'm sorry. They both do. Even all that you know is falling away. 
Please, just let us find her. See your eyes will open wide when you know. Maybe this could be the place where your heart can grow. Oh. insight there into the Christmas Bunny, which was actually released about seven years ago now, so it's been on Netflix for a while that's available to watch. Yeah, I did not realize until I started watching it and realized how little Sophie was in the film that it was that long ago, but it was a while ago. And interestingly enough, um, you probably noticed that it was a locally produced film, which is always interesting when uh, our hometown, quote-unquote, gets wrapped, although neither of you, neither you nor I live in Grand Rapids itself. We are very familiar with the West Michigan area, so we can still call it a hometown movie. I, I thought it was cool how I know at least where um, one of the characters that we're going to talk about in a minute, she actually lived in Granville, and that's actually where I grew up during my school year. So I was like, whoa, this is, this is really weird. It's like a total flashback for me. Yeah, so basically the synopsis of the movie is um, about a young girl um, uh, named... Uh, could you refresh me on the name, Adam? Yeah, I'm blanking. Her name is Julie Hagen. That's right. I just wanted to make sure I got it right. I almost said Julia, which is a form of the name, I guess. So it still works. But Julie Hagen is a young girl who's been in foster home after foster home, and she finally comes to stay with... Um, uh, a man and his wife and their son, and uh, she is really closed into herself, and she doesn't really reach out to people. She doesn't hardly talk, and the only thing she wants to do over and over again is watch the film The Velveteen Rabbit. And as the film unfolds, you really begin to realize that she sees herself as that Velveteen Rabbit, and she's waiting for that moment when she can feel real and really feel like an actual little girl. And so I thought there was a lot of um, actually deep lessons in this film uh, about self-acceptance and things of that nature. That was very uh, important. Um, the character Betsy Ross, played by uh, Florence Henderson, the former Carol Brady, when she says, everything has a purpose, and... I didn't get the full quote down, but she ended the quote by saying that goes for people, too. And so I just think this is a really good film. And as we dig into it a little more, um, I think it's going to be good for you to um, use uh, during this Christmas season. And maybe you can even uh, pull it up on Netflix tonight and watch it as a family. Definitely, I think, worth watching. Um and uh, yes, uh, there there is some cheesiness, but but I've never been one to mind cheesiness <laughs> if there's a good message that goes along with it. So, Adam, what were your initial thoughts about this movie? Well, first off, I have to call myself out. Apparently, once you get past 25, it's all downhill. Uh, you're totally right. Her, the main character, a little girl's name, is Julia. Totally thought it was an E, so 
Um, I might have to get my 2020 prescription checked, or what used to be 2020. But um, I, you know, I, I thought the movie was, was pretty good. I, I like the fact that it actually had the local twist. That was really, really cool. And, um, you know, I agree as well. I, I liked the lessons they had in the movie. And I thought it was really interesting how, you know, th- they got you thinking about just the whole adoption side of things as well, too. I feel like that's not promoted a lot uh, nowadays. And I, I loved how they were able to, to sneak that into this movie, which really became a huge plot of it as the movie goes along. So uh, some general thoughts there. And I think, I think that's good, too, as we look toward January um, with what will be the um, 44th anniversary, I do believe, of the Roe versus Wade decision. Not exactly sure um, how we're going to cover that on the podcast just yet. But it's definitely an area where I feel passionate, and we've talked about on this podcast before. And the thing is that a lot of times one of the first things that pro-abortion people say to us as pro-lifers is, if you believe in life, then you have to believe in life after birth. So I think it's really neat the emphasis on foster care and adoption that went through. So, Adam... Let's start with this one. What are some positive things that you drew from the movie? And just tell us about that. Well, uh, one thing that we had touched on already is I, I love how it was local. I actually didn't know that the movie was uh, made locally. In fact, it was shot in towns like Lowell and Zealand and in Wyoming as well. That's actually where uh, the character Betsy Ross played by Floris Henderson. That's where that house is. It's actually right there in Wyoming. So that was pretty cool. Um, I, I liked how it really showed the importance of family and really how not to give up on one, one another through that. And um, I loved how it was family friendly. That's probably my favorite thing about the movie. The majority of Christmas movies you hope are family friendly, but sometimes you're never sure. This one is something where you could watch and you don't have to have the remote within 50 feet of you because you don't have to worry about a thing. You're, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, definitely. I definitely like, like you said, the the family friendliness. I liked the fact that um, the mom and the dad were on the same page. Yeah. About the the foster care and adoption process. I mean, it seemed like the mom was more so, but the husband was supporting her through the whole thing. And um, I also thought it was interesting um, his frustrations with his his job and just how um, that kind of in some ways um, dovetailed Julia's frustration because she had to be um, get to the place where she was willing to be loved and let other people in and he had to get to the place where he was willing to allow his his brother-in-law to help him so I really thought that that was kind of neat and I thought the fact that um, his brother, even though he was portrayed as a wealthy character, was someone who was giving and generous and never lorded it over him. I really liked that. So, um, what are some negatives about the movie? I'll start with this one and then I'll pass it over to you, Adam. But my first thing is there wasn't enough backstory, I didn't think. I didn't think we had enough of an understanding of what Julia had gone through, and maybe a greater explanation 
of why the Velveteen Rabbit was important to her. Yeah. I mean, I could infer it, but that's kind of the difference between a locally low-budget film and one that would come out of Hollywood, per se, because they probably would have spent a good half an hour um, in explanation of the past before they pressed on to the future. That was the main negative that I took from it. Was there anything for you? Um, there were uh, a couple things. Uh, the the one thing especially is that I felt like the movie uh, was a little slow in parts, especially slow to take off. So y- you got to stick with it for a while to really get there. And, and I kind of feel like they jumped from thing to thing at first, but it was in just a slower pace. So like, like you mentioned, not having a lot of the background either, you're, you're kind of trying to figure things out a good chunk into the movie. And eventually things make sense. But between that and then it's it's slower pace, I, that was a little a bit of a hit for me. I will say it's very interesting to have a film where the main character doesn't actually say a whole lot. That's that's a challenge. That's a challenging aspect to acting because you often think of acting of oh I have to deliver this dialogue in character and and do it well. But uh, when you have a character that doesn't say a whole lot. You still have to act and sell it, and I thought, I thought Sophie uh, did a pretty good job of that. So, props to you, Sophie. Um, your mom is my Facebook friend, so I know that I will be taking her in it, and hopefully, you'll be able to hear this review. Um, and I wish her all the best as she continues in her acting career. So, but it, but it was so great, great to watch her debut in this film. So. Speaking of specific characters other than Sophie, because that would be the easy choice, right. who's your favorite character? You know, honestly, I think I'd have to say it was it was Betsy Ross played by Florence Henderson. Uh, she's one of those people where, at first, very rough around the edges. <laughs> very rough. But as you get to know her more in the story... She's one of those people where, like, her bark is way worse than her actual bite. As you get to know her more, you see that she she really cares, not just for bunnies that she takes care of and also the bunny that's in this movie, but then you start to see that she has um, a focus on people a- as well. And she even mentions a, a part of her backstory where she's growing up, where she did something she wasn't supposed to, and she kind of got a whooping. So you see how she kind of, you know, be- became tough as she got older, but as you learn more about her, you're like, you know, it's one of those people that at first you're kind of like wincing to be by, but then you're like, oh, I really like this this person's heart. Yeah, I would say my favorite character other than uh, other than Joya was probably um, uh, the, the brother-in-law um, because he was, like I said, he was wealthy, but he was kind. Um, and they even, you know, bought julia a nice gift even though she was at that point just a foster daughter and so i i thought even though he has money he's he's uh, being helpful and ultimately it comes out that he's been wanting the father and i i feel bad for blanking on the names i probably should have pulled up a review before i began so i would have this information in front of me uh but uh but i you find out that he wants the father of the family to take a job with him and finally he prevails upon him to do so all out of a great desire to see him be able to provide for his family so i thought that was great i thought he was my favorite character 
and I'll jump in with my least favorite character, and then you can uh, piggyback on that. My least favorite character is the lady from uh, Child Protective Services. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I I don't believe that they're all like that. I think they were trying too hard to work within the, the stereotype of CPS because she was talking to Julia's foster mom about not coddling her. And really, the whole time I'm thinking that's exactly what she needs because she hasn't been getting affection from anyone. And so to say that you shouldn't coddle her at least a little bit and give her TLC that she hasn't had all these years was a little disingenuous. And I just thought the whole character was a little bit off for someone that should care for children like that. Yeah. I understand how you can get disenfranchised in a job like that, so I understand that there may be some people out there like that, but in my mind, that was my impression of the character. And as for my least favorite, I I feel I'm a little harsh because it it gets better towards the end, but I have to be honest, a a good chunk in the movie, I actually was not a big fan of the dad, Scott Cooper. Um... You know, he was going through rough times. Like you said, he was going through some job issues and a lot was going on. But, you know, I felt like a lot of times people were trying to reach out and he kept kind of slapping people's hands away. So it was funny to see how, like, Julia and then the dad, Scott, were kind of both doing the same thing at first. But as the movie goes on, you see their hearts open more. But there were a lot of times where people were trying to just offer help to Scott and he was taking it like, I can take care of my own family and I don't need anybody's help and... You know, it was just he was kind of had the the tough guy loner attitude a little bit, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But even saying that, at least like you mentioned earlier, you know, he he did support his wife and his family, and he was always there for them. So that that was cool. But probably more on the, on the least favorite side of characters for me. Yeah, and I, and I think that kind of underscores something I said earlier, which is that I that I definitely understood, especially as I watched the film a second time the parallels between the two characters, but I thought those could have been written a little bit better. But overall, I see where you're going with that because I definitely think that was intentional, the parallel between the the two characters, the dad and Julia, which just proves that regardless of what our upbringing is or, or what we're dealing with, we all have issues, not just people with obvious issues. Absolutely. Okay, Adam, we'll let you start with this one. What do you think was the biggest lesson you took away from the film? Uh, The biggest lesson I took away is to not give up on somebody. I feel like they did a pretty good job of really showing that, not just through the family, uh, trying to make it through with Julia when she was quiet or when it was awkward, but you know they, they stay together as a family, even through the toughest times. And when they find this rabbit, which is in the movie as well, the Christmas bunny, um, they find it actually when it happened to be shot and, uh, they didn't give up on that bunny either. And I just felt like they, they did a really cool job of spotlighting that lesson, which I took away from the film. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, that there's another picture picture there as well, because, um, they, they definitely profile both the rabbit and Julia as the wounded, uh, individuals, him as him obviously as a bunny and her as a person, and they really help each other, you know. And and the Christmas bunny is really the bridge uh, between Julia and the people that will come to love her. And 
I will not uh, give away the end, but I will encourage you at this point to go and watch the film. Like I said, you can probably um, watch it on Netflix tonight as a family. And then if you ever watch any of the films that we review on this show, please feel free to send us an email or a voicemail letting us know um, how you feel about the movie that we, we, we suggested. Was it a good movie? Was it not? Those are the type of things that we could use um, for a feedback show if we ever get enough feedback to do a whole show of feedback. That would be a great place to be in. So just keep that in mind. All right, now, Adam, it's, it's um, the moment of truth. Um, we, Especially for the fun films, we like to give you a rating. Um, so, Adam, uh, where are you going on a scale of 1 to 5, 5 being best, 1 being worse, for the movie The Christmas Bunny? And I'm keeping this in mind because they actually only had a $200,000 budget for this film, which in Hollywood terms, that's like basically having $6 to go to the grocery store. So <laughs> it's very tight. So I, I do applaud them for what they were able to do with two hundred grand. But I'm going to give the movie three out of five stars. I thought the lesson was really good, and I loved how it was local and how it was family-friendly. Having said that, there was some cheese in it, and it was kind of slower-paced throughout the movie until kind of towards the middle of the end for me. So I'm going to stick a, a three out of five stars on the Zet movie. And I was going to go just slightly ahead of you and, and give it a solid 3.5 stars. Um, again, like you said, some of the pacing was a little off, and and there could have been some more developed areas of the script. Um, I thought Sophie did a phenomenal job with her role, especially given the fact that she had very little dialogue for being a star of, of a role, and I commend them for for uh, getting Florence Henderson on board. Much different character than Carol Brady. I almost didn't recognize her. If I didn't know that she was in the credits, I probably wouldn't have guessed that it was yeah. her right off the bat, which is a good mark um, for acting, because when you're acting, you are portraying someone else. So um, I give her props for that as well, but I'm going to give it a 3.5 and very much encourage you to go and watch this movie. So I, I hope that you have enjoyed this review and uh, that this is a great kickoff uh, to your Christmas season and uh, I hope that you have a wonderful weekend Um, and until next week uh, keep serving the best of masters thank you for listening to today's episode your host has been Andrew Gomison founder of Speaking for Him alongside his co-host and executive producer Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.